Hello, celebrity gossip enthusiasts. I'm Travis Cronin. You're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Today, I am joined by two badasses, legendary hair model Gwen Flamberg. Oh, hello. That was me swinging my hair around. I hope you could hear that through the mic. We can hear the swishes of the luxurious locks. And we're also joined by legendary celebrity psychic Sarah Huron. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Hello. So glad to have you guys today. We had a jam-packed episode. We have a whole lot of bachelor racism messiness with a side of mansplaining, a semi-royal birth, a pop star OD trauma, secret baby names and movie credits, a free Britney update, and update in the People versus Northwest. But, you know, like any good yoga class or podcast, let's start off with some intentions, things we want celebrities to do more of or completely stop that are annoying us. Gwen Flamberg, who is your intention for today? Well, this week, my intention is for Miss Kim Kardashian West. Is she going to drop the West soon? We don't know. But, you know, through this whole drama with like, are they or aren't they divorcing? Kim has been posting a lot of pictures of North. Of course, the painting, which we're going to talk more about. But today she posted some amazing pictures of North getting her hair done. I mean, North just looks adorable and fabulous. And, you know, my intention for Kim is to just like, Keep doing you, keep staying true to your family, focus on the kids, focus on you. You look amazing, girl. Seriously, like, that vegan diet, her abs are okay. shredded, and North looks so cute in those she's pictures. She's so like a cute. little lady. She's so groans. She just has amazing hair, too, and she obviously, much like her painting skills, her hair, too, shows that she's highly creative. You know, it was like two little space buns with a center part and loose hair. You know, like she's just adorable. And I would just like for Kim to keep living her best life and focus on her kids and maybe, you know, just keep moving towards a life um, where she focuses on her kids. I was reading from a California attorney that when you're dividing up financial assets in California, they go by the date of separation for married couples, not the date of divorce. Oh, so, how interesting. Yeah. So I think that that's like when all of the outlets, including us, like started posting about their separation. That is sort of like the money date time. So now they're just together for whatever reasons, but all the finances do not matter anymore because they haven't been living together in a long while. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Sarah Huron, who are you intenting on today? (laughs) You know, I'm just running on this high from last night's double feature of the Real Housewives of New Jersey and the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion part two. They were both just flawless hours of television. And I want to thank the Bravo gods for giving us this because we've been in a little bit of a lull. Atlanta's not really doing it for me too much this season, although we're finally going to get there, I think, this week. Um, With Strippergate. Yeah, finally with Strippergate. Orange County was obviously, you know, just a headache. Um, and I'm, I'm just really enjoyed these two hours of television and I would like all of the women who are currently filming Bravo shows to, to check those out and to really take that in. And remember that Teresa Judice is one of the only OGs still on the show for a reason. And that sometimes you need to go look at the newbies like Salt Lake City and be like, look, they really brought it because they knew they had to. And I don't like it when Housewives phone it in. And I feel as though the New Jersey ladies brought it. The Salt Lake City ladies have brought it. And I need everyone on Bravo 
to bring it because I was getting a little discouraged. So these new Miami ladies, whoever's going to be on the new season of the Real Houses of Miami, study last night's hour <laughs> episodes of television and, and deliver, please. Uh, I mean, are you suggesting that all of these new Miami housewives marry their grandfathers for interesting television? If that's what it takes, Trev, if that's <laughs> what it takes. I would be here for it because that, you know, Sister Mary, Mother Mary was really serving it up last night with all types of weirdness. I mean, they don't sleep in the same bed. They don't have sex. She was crying because she wasn't happy, but then she was crying about why she was happy. And then all of a sudden it was about her Chanel bags. It was quite the journey. Only, only Mary Cosby could have, could have brought us there, but I need the Miami ladies, ladies to just embody that. And everyone who's filming a reality show right now. Well, my intention is for Miss Northwest this week. Uh, in our continuing saga of the people versus Northwest, the artist of our generation, the Bob Ross Museum has spoken out. The Bob Ross Museum has reached out to Northwest, said that they love her painting abilities and offered her some type of fellowship to come to the museum and study the art of Bob Ross. And I think that is fantastic. And I would just love to see Northwest enroll in Bob Ross Museum Art School. I mean... Does she need it? Apparently she's already a, an amazing <laughs> painter. I don't know if she needs any more schooling. I think that she could teach a class. Oh, you think that, she's ready for be a professor? I do. An to. adjunct, you know, just like an adjunct professor at the Bob Ross School of Painting. Okay, no, Gwen's right. I'm changing my attention to now that she is an art historian and professor at the Bob Ross Museum. <laughs> Perfect. <sighs> Well, let us get into the news. Let us start off with the latest in the hashtag Free Britney move movement. The judge has said Britney is stronger than yesterday, but she is still a girl, not yet a woman. <laughs> That's feel right. That. Right. Britney Spears's ongoing battle for control of her life has moved, you know, from the dominion of hardcore fans to the broader public's attention. And last Thursday in the Los Angeles Supreme Court, the ruling maintained the conservatorship's balance of power between her father, Jamie Spears, and the court-appointed fiduciary Bessemer Trust. God, the legalese that we're learning for this story. In other words, Britney Spears lost, or Jamie Spears lost his bid to have sole control over aspects of her financial conservatorship, namely her investments. He stepped down as her personal conservator recently, citing health issues. So he, you know, lost a little bit, but is still way too much in control of her finances. It's about half the trust that Britney wants and half her dad. And the sad thing is Britney is paying for it, literally. She is paying for all the parties' legal courts costs on both sides. Every time they go to court, she is floating the bill. And of course, she still does not have the power to make decisions over her body, her mental health, her re reproductive health, her finances, and how she spends her time. And this story is sort of taken uh, like a new term in terms of feminism, where they're calling this the modern version of female hysteria, where a woman is labeled mentally unfit or crazy or hysterical by a man, and it's almost impossible for the woman to prove that she's not hysterical. And it seems the judge isn't is is not still seeing Britney as this weak person who can't control any parts of her life and Jamie Spears is still involved. What do you what are your thoughts? What do you guys think is going to happen with all of this? It was a step in the right direction. 
Um, you know, when we see free Britney headlines, it can be confusing. Um, as we've talked about last week, the doc really broke everything down, but I need them to, to do it every week because I get confused. Um, but from my understanding, it was definitely a step in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I do in the back of my mind, wonder what the judge knows that we don't know. And maybe if there is something here, um, but my whole thing is if she still wants like this bank or whoever to be yeah, her conservator, her class, yeah. Right. So it's not like she's saying she even wants total freedom right now. She wants just not Jamie. So I feel like it's the least they can do is get Jamie out. It's too personal. It's too messy. Give it to a mutual party. Um, and, you know, I think that I really hope it happens and it's a step in the right direction. I also did. We talk about Justin Timberlake last week. Did that happen when we recorded? I can't remember. Yes, we did. We talked about his half-assed apology okay. and how he is a trash human being. Because I'm still not <laughs> over it. But. I am still not over it either. Gwen, what are your thoughts? You know, I feel like it is a step in the direction of freeing Britney. I completely agree with Sarah. Like, I think that, you know, she's not looking to have complete control of everything. She just wants Jamie out of the picture because obviously, I mean, who knows, but it just doesn't, I think that she has been worried about intentions. And obviously a bank is going to be, just completely, um, you know, even. And that's good for her. She definitely needs help managing her money. She just doesn't need anybody kind of having access to her money and controlling her. She can control the bank. Right. She can pick the bank. Jamie Spears, you know, didn't doesn't have an MBA for finance. So I don't okay. know why he thinks that he's qualified for her investments more than an established, you know, hedge fund bank situation. But Sarah, that's an interesting point. What does the judge know that we don't? Because it seems so cut and dry for us. Give it to an outside party, someone who's probably not trying to steal from Britney and to make money for themselves yeah i mean we also learned in that doc that it's really hard to overturn a conservatorship and because it doesn't usually happen when someone who's like 30 not she was in her 30s at the time almost 40 year old woman it's it's usually a permanent thing because it's someone you know older who is having like like tom girardi who you know is going through a serious health problem that he's probably never going to really recover from because there's no cure to alzheimer's or dementia or anything like that so with britney it's just such a rare case and i I don't know. I hope one day I hear there's like a Netflix doc coming now too. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how Britney feels about all this. So part of me feels a little weird about it, but I also like can't stop going back and watching like old YouTube videos and stuff. Like I can't get enough. So it's, it's such a bizarre situation. Yeah. The, there's a new Netflix documentary coming out on Britney Spears. She's gonna help produce one as well to tell actually her side of the story, which is fantastic. And hopefully it puts more public pressure on these judges to give her back her freedom. She can't even have a baby if she wants to. That's crazy. I know. All right. Well, in a, you know, in really, really shocking news, a bachelor contestant attended a racist party, but there's <laughs> much more to the story than that. Sarah, this is, you know, I thought the bachelor was messy this season already, but things took a really grave turn this week. Tell us about what happened, your thoughts. Yes. I mean, of course you can get your full breakdown on Us Weekly's Here for the Right Reasons podcast. I spent about 20 minutes talking to myself about it last week, getting rave reviews. Um, but, you know, long story short, we have Rachel Kirkinell, who is kind of the front runner. And there were pictures of her at this Old South themed party on a plantation at her college in Georgia. And Rachel didn't address them for a while. And Chris Harrison took it upon himself to defend her during the interview with Rachel Lindsay and ask for grace for her and really was just passionate asking us to give Rachel Kirkconnell this time to 
reflect or respond or whatever the hell he wanted her to do. And people were pissed because if you watch this 13 minute extra interview with Rachel Lindsay, you can see the way he was speaking to her. He was talking over Rachel Lindsay. He was dismissing her. And he was just oddly passionate about defending this Rachel Kirkinell, who we we barely know. She's just a contestant on this season. You know how many Bachelor contestants there have been? Like, it was bizarre. The whole thing was bizarre. So was. Chris Harrison apologized for the second time. And yep. during his second apology, he confirmed he will not be at after the final rose um, during math season and is taking a temporary step back from the franchise. And now we just don't know where we go from here. We don't know if he comes back for The Bachelorette. We don't know if we pause for The Bachelorette. We don't know what happens. And I, I don't know the answer. Well, so here's my question, Sarah. First of all, do you think Rachel Lindsay is going to take over Chris Harrison's spot? And how does The Bachelor, you know, get this right? How do they have an inclusive cast of non-racist people and keep their mainstream audience that they've had? They need to change something drastically. I just, how does that happen? I know it's really, it's, it's upsetting for a lot of reasons, but especially because when everything happened over the summer, they, the bachelor kind of pledged to make a difference and they hired a diversity consultant and Tasha Adams, who was the bachelorette after Claire Crawley, you know, spoke on her show clickbait and said she did have a diversity consultant. It was great. She saw diversity behind the camera and there were changes. So it seemed like they were moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And then now this whole thing with Matt being our first black bachelor, it's being overshadowed with this Rachel Kirkenell scandal. So it's sad. Um, I think they were trying to take the right steps as far as Chris Harrison is concerned. I just don't know because it, I don't think Rachel Lindsay wants his job. To be honest, I think she's really busy and has a lot going on. <laughs> and I think she's doing a great job and she has her own pod, she's podcast. And she kind of said that after her uh, contract with Bachelor Happy Hour expires, she doesn't really even want to be commentating on the show anymore. So I don't think mm -hmm. she wants his job. Um, that being said, she would be great at it, especially for this after the final rose specifically. Um, I think the only thing they really can do is make this as transparent as possible, have an open and honest conversation with their viewers, with past alum, and like turn it into a teachable moment that they keep preaching, but actually doing it. Because I, I don't know how we just like move on and then all of a sudden it's a new season and then history repeats itself again in a couple of years. Like yeah. this franchise puts band-aids on problems and it's well, it keeps blowing up. This is Garrett from Becca season three years ago all over again, except it's the first Black Bachelor, so it's even worse and more upsetting. Oh, it is. And I saw one of, one of Rachel Lindsay's podcasts. She says, you know, this is the most diverse ca cast, but the top six, the people who've gotten the most screen time this season were all white girls. The top four most followed on Instagram are all white. Yet, Which is bizarre because his finalists final... are people of color. Right. The final four was set. And besides Rachel, it's it's a diverse cast. So it's it's very confusing. I think you know, The Bachelor formula has worked for ABC for so long. The show has been on for a million years and it's so successful still, but it definitely has an, like the middle of the country audience. And it's not to, you know, say that everyone that's a bad thing. It's just like a, it's it's a it's a learning curve for sure. And I don't know what they're going to do. Gwen, what do you think The Bachelor should do? What overhaul changes would you make if you were the new Chris Harrison? I mean, I think that they should like not air for a season and then come back with like a new set of standards because it's just gotten really ugly and all of this ugliness is just shadowing over what the show is supposed to be which is like a fun romp you know? yeah yeah, yeah. Too much too yeah much. We're, we're talking about the wrong things with this show even though it is such a good reflection of everyday life and important to talk about this is right. not the attention they want yeah, I feel so more. I feel like more than ever, or more than other reality shows, The Bachelor 
is an interesting representation of the country because it's really popular and a lot of different kinds of people watch it and people write like like study do studies on it and it's like everyone can relate to the fact of like wanting to fall in love and there's so many layers but if you like read the comments on an instagram about rachel Lindsay on one post it's like people being like thank you rachel you have such an amazing you've done such an amazing job you've carried this burden and then you read another instagram post and it's like screw rachel team chris harrison like he did nothing wrong like it the country's divided and so is bachelor nation it's like kind of bizarre how much it represents the world it is well there's more bachelor news but before we get to that i want gwen flamberg my bloody valentine Oh, I thought you said you wanted my blood for Valentine. <laughs> I, I can't even with this. I mean, Sarah, your mind must have been blown by this because you are the biggest Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox ship. Stan, I don't yeah. even know what you said. I ship them. I stand. I ship. I ship them. I stand Machine Gun Kelly. I don't really stand Megan Fox. I'm kind of a team Brian Austin Green, to be honest. But Interesting. Interesting. Well, you guys, the Machine Gun Kelly singer debuted a vile... I mean, a necklace that was like a little vial with a dot of Megan Fox's blood on Valentine's Day. I mean, like life becoming art, art imitating life. Like, I don't even know what that's about, except that I got to tell you that like it didn't really work out well for Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton when they did it. However, Megan was psyched. She said, there goes my heart manifest outside of my body, draped in the towering silhouette of a most unusually handsome boy. I mean, I don't really think that's her voice, but like- Why does she always call him boy? She's like, my beautiful boy, my handsome boy. He is a boy and Brian was her man. So she is saying that that is what she's up for at this point in her life, even though she's got kids. I mean, it's all a little embarrassing, but like, hey, it's a little bit of like performance art, right? Because he does sing, rap. What does he do? He sings and he used to rap more, but the song, now he's more of a, like a punk singer. So he screams, my bloody Valentine. And therefore, whatever, whatever, Sarah, right? Maybe one day, he will be wearing a dot of your blood in a vial around his neck. A girl Gwen, can what, dream. What did you think of the necklace other than the blood? I mean, I just don't believe in in, in wearing anybody's bodily fluids right now because we're in a pandemic, Travis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I thought that it was a little crazy. But, you know, and I also thought that it was unoriginal because Angelina and Billy Bob did it. But, you know, whatever. Interesting, I guess, kind of on brand for the two of them so cool love it let me let me just say this who are we to stop two twin flames from living their best life <laughs> that is true Sarah. yeah if anybody's gonna do it it's gonna be these two if you want to wear a drop of her blood around you machine gun kelly i'm not as creeped out by it as other things you've said or than i thought they'd be about wearing bodily fluids of a partner around you you know what's also funny is as they're doing this and just like their instagram captions are wildly bizarre and uncomfortable you have brian austin green and sharner from dancing with the stars going live during the commercials of the finale of the masked dancer that brian austin green is on like recapping it's just a weird world we're in right now like things are all jumbled up and i can't i can't look away at least they keep giving us content these these two couples yep i love them for that Well, speaking of couples giving us content, you know, several sources confirmed to us that Claire Crawley and Dale Moss had broken up. They did not seem to leave on good terms. There was a lot of sort of animosity we were hearing from sources, not outright to each other on social media, but then they popped up in Florida holding hands. Sarah, you look really angry and annoyed and over it. (laughs) 
I'm just like, so the bachelor will not let me sleep. I'm so stressed. And I just, you guys, Claire and Dale, this is not going to work. Like, I hate to say it, but one minute he's allegedly like going rogue and announcing your breakup and crushing you less than a month ago. And now you're flying to Florida in the middle of the pandemic with no mask on to hang out and get pedicures and post Instagrams where we know you're hanging out and you know, Dale's making his Instagram caption things about how he has so much to be grateful for. Like this relationship isn't going to work. It ended for a reason. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Gwen, what did you think when you saw that they were back together? Were you horrified like us and just waiting for the second breakup? I mean, I wasn't that surprised because they fell in love in like nine days or something. Like, I just don't think any of it is what is real anymore. Like, I mean, what are they? I My first thought was, why do they want this attention? Like, what are they, what story are they trying to tell? Some people, the first, I got a DM from someone, actually two people suggesting that it was a conspiracy theory that ABC (laughs) was paying Clarendale to go be spotted so everyone would stop talking about Chris Harrison. It's totally (laughs) possible that that is real. I really, really hope they got an ABC check just to hang out with each other. They're like, look at this lovely, successful, interracial couple over here. What, Pay do, you no think? Attention to that what do you think, Travis? You've, you've met Dale. Do you think these two are the real deal? Do you think they can make it work? Or is the second chance just like a disaster waiting to happen? I've met both of them. I've spent a lot more time with Dale than I have with Claire. Claire just rubs me the wrong way in every single way. She has like crazy behind the eyes and is really difficult to talk to. I think this is a classic case of that they were more famous together and they're in love with the attention that they get from being together more more than they're actually in love with each other. And, you know, not to take away from that, possible love they have but i think they're way more into the attention than they are into each other i mean for claire i think like this pressure and embarrassment of like this it her like making this declaration and quitting the show after 12 days and being with dale after this is like her fifth time on the show and she's like this is it and she was so (laughs) sure and then like it ended two months after the proposal aired so i feel like for her even though she was probably still so mad at him for like going to DMZ and talking to the press about their breakup, he she like wants it to work still so bad. So maybe, I don't know, I'm sure I'll be talking about this on Here for the Right Reasons at length for the rest of my life because these bachelor couples don't know how to quit. Yes, you will. Well, do you know what we haven't talked about this whole podcast? Problematic ass tattoos. I think it's time that we do. Um, Heather Ray Young, you know, she proudly shared off that photo of her horrible, horrible Valentine's Day present to Tarek El Moussa. And, you know, it. <laughs> I hated it so much. Yes, sir, Mr. El Moussa tattooed right above her butt. But she had some quotes about why she did it. I did it as something special, she, she said, for my fiance, for my future husband. I will be Mrs. El Moussa, so this is my name. And it's a special thing we do around the house. Daddy is the boss. I'm the queen of the house. We do it with the kids. It's something cute around the house. She with says... Yeah, she says that her daughter, Taylor, and her son, Brayden, <laughs> often say, yes, sir, daddy, his or kids. yes, sir. She doesn't have kids. His kids, sorry. His kids, Taylor and Brayden, often say, yes, sir, daddy, and yes, sir, Mr. El Musa at home, while Tara... 
Tarek says, yes, ma'am, Mrs. El Musa. She said it was, quote, taken completely out of context. People blew it up to be something it completely wasn't, she said, of the backlash. Now, Gwen, knowing that his kids say, like, yes, daddy, sir, Mr. El Musa, and that's sort of like a family inside joke, are you less haunted by this tattoo or more so? I'm like way more so because she basically tattooed that on her ass. So like, no, don't bring the kids into this. That makes it even creepier. You know, it's already weird. Yeah. And like, nobody wants to think about him dominating your kids either. Like, even if it's like just as a father figure, ew. But they're his kids. She doesn't even have kids. These are his kids. And she's the stepmom. Gross. All of it. Gross, gross, gross. Yeah. Strange turn. I really don't think the kids call him yes sir daddy mr el musa really helped her situation at all or in the same way she calls him that like she the tattoo everyone kind of thought was like this 50 shades thing which was weird but at least it like was they can you know do whatever they want behind closed doors it was still weird to share and get tattooed on her but now she's trying to make it like a family tattoo decision like that is freaking weird totally weird Creepy, creepy, creepy. Well, let's move on because I feel gross from that last segment. Well, the stars are not blind this week for Paris Hilton. She is engaged and we are hoping it really works this time because this is not the first time. She is engaged to venture capitalist Carter Rayum. Rayum. Um, she was celebrating her 40th birthday on a private island, and he presented her with a show-stopping emerald-cut diamond engagement ring. That Guys, that ring is like 20 carats and worth like two million beans. Whoa. Yes. It is. What I like about it is that's inspired by the Eiffel Tower and Parisian architecture on the side. So it's like a Paris ring. <laughs> And the jeweler is Jean Doucette, who is the great-great-grandson of Louis-Francois Cartier, which I think is so great. And I love that she has a man who can afford to buy her the ring that she wants versus buying it herself like she did last time. Right, because the ring kind of almost brought me back to that Chris Azilka question mark engagement ring. It was also blinding both rings but i'm glad if she didn't pay for this one that's true yeah he's a venture capitalist he's worth more money we are very very proud of him it is great well we can only go to miss gwen flamberg for this next news harry and megan are pregnant again i mean you guys i was so like kind of heartwarmed to see those pics maybe it's just what the world needs now they posed together, you know, with like Megan's head on Harry's lap. And what I liked best about it was that Harry was very much like in his new California boy um, persona. He was barefoot. And of course, the photo was taken by their friend, Misan Harriman. He opened up about remotely shooting the pregnancy announcement photo, saying, you don't even see the image, you feel it, the Nigerian native 43 said of the black and white picture during a Tuesday, February the 16th, Good Morning America appearance. They are lost in each other, and the tree in the background and just life growing around them is incredibly powerful. So the light was meant to kind of symbolize light and renewal. I thought it was really sweet. I just thought it was really sweet. He added that the lighting signified fortitude, hope, 
and love after the couple's previous miscarriage. So how like, do people keep getting these photos via virtual iPads? Like they're so they, shooting. Yeah, they took it on an iPad virtually, which I don't understand. What? I read the press release and still don't understand how this photographer virtually took it on an iPad. I agree with Gwen though. I thought the what the photographer tried to do totally came through. The tree. Harry's barefoot boho style, the regrowth, the nature, it hit. I loved those pictures. They sucked me right in. I mean, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Guys, like both of you, tell me, were you really reading all that? Like when I saw that photo, I thought they were trying to look really earthy and really California and really like, you know, informal. Like we're not royals. We're just like us. We are informal and cool and very, very California. I kind of wasn't really looking at the tree of life, but you know, nice touch, Nissan. Yeah, it was very after the fact I got it. After it was explained to me, then I got it. But yeah, I just thought they were just trying to be normal Californias. Mm -hmm. All I know is right when I think I'm out and I'm done and I'm over it, they bring me right back in. I almost cried when I found out that Princess Diana announced she was pregnant with Harry on Valentine's Day, and that's yeah. why they announced it on Valentine's Day. And I'm like, God damn it, Duke and Duchess of Sussex, I'm rooting for you all over again. Let's get to London. Let's make amends. I'm not giving up hope. Harry, um, Will and Kate are the only ones who haven't congratulated them. So I feel as though we're not going to get there, but I, gah! I know. And he, you know, they're going to have a new sit down interview. So we'll get to hear from them for the first time. There were photos of Harry filming carpool karaoke in LA with James Corden on the top of a double decker bus. Double decker bus. I mean, you know that, like, I'm just going to have to, like, take a sick day that day, you guys. I am not. Pardon? Harry doesn't sing. Why do we need him on carpool karaoke? That's the kind of stuff that gets me annoyed. (laughs) I love it. I I love it too. And if he wants to be that one with the people, he should go see his grandmother and his grandfather, who is admitted oh. to hospital. Yeah. Prince Philip, 99, in the hospital, not looking good. T's and P's for him. It was just like, you know, they were just going to observe him. He hadn't been feeling well, but he's okay, you guys. He's hardy. He's a hardy sort. I don't know. When I hear 99 hospital with like heart issues, it's even monitoring just makes me very, very, very nervous. I agree. (sighs) Well, hopefully they can make amends, even if it's over an iPad before (laughs) everything goes to shit. Speaking of going to shit. Demi Lovato, you're never going to see her behind the wheel of a car. There has been an explosive new trailer for her new documentary, Demi Lovato, Dancing with the Devil, um, joined with the Television Critics Association for a panel on the upcoming documentary. And during this discussion, Demi revealed a few of the film highlights and the real consequences of her, of course, we all remember, near-fatal drug overdose in July 2018. She told people on the panel that the brain damage she suffered at the time still affects her to this day. She said, quote, I don't drive a car because I have blind spots in my vision. I also for a long time had a really hard time reading. It was a big deal when I was able to read out of a book, which was like two months later because my vision was so blurry. Though these health issues are still present, Demi expressed gratitude that they serve as a reminder of what could happen if I ever get into a dark place again. 
Uh, really troubling to hear this. And I feel so bad for her that she has all of these real life impacts on this. And I can't wait to see the documentary. Demi's another one who, I mean, I think she's really talented. She's an amazing voice and she's obviously been through a lot and she's always very candid, but she's another one where I'm kind of like, oh, do I need another Demi Lovato documentary? Like we had the MTV one, we had the YouTube one before. Then I watched the trailer and I'm like, I need this tomorrow. She also sucks me back in. So just when you think, you know, you know everything about her, she's got all her friends now coming out and they're on the trailer. They were like, oh, we're, we're allowed to say that. Like we're talking heroin. So we're finally, hopefully going to get everything we need to know. So this girl doesn't have to keep doing these documentaries to quote reveal <laughs> all, and then two years later actually reveal all like, let's do it. And I think she's going to, and the, her music sounds incredible in the trailer. And I, I, I hope she really finally gets this fresh start she needs. We don't know what her status is now because like, they were teasing like does she drink again or was that all before i don't even know but oh it's gonna be it's gonna be dark but it's gonna be yeah cool. they sort of teased that she like had a relapse and then did the documentary again we don't really know yeah. what the what her sobriety situation is gwen are you excited for this documentary are you like demi please stop can i ask gwen another question yeah gwen what do you think of demi's pink short hair well, you know, Sarah, I always think that when somebody makes that drastic of an appearance change, that it's a cry for help. So I'm slightly worried about her, but I also think that it looks really cute. You know, a really big hair trend for spring is actually pink hair because people can kind of like play around with fashion colors while we're all having like slightly less social interaction. So she's fully on trend there. You know, I was a little bit more concerned when she buzzed her hair really short. That's yes. always, you know, kind of a cry for help. But we'll see. You know, I think she looks real cute. The color pink really brightens up her skin tone. I like it a lot. I am really interested to see the full film travis Sorry. because you know there was just so there was so much that happened there and i feel like she her experience is a really huge inspiration because she is one of the people in young hollywood who totally learned mm -hmm. from her overdose and obviously the overdose was much more dramatic than anybody knew about so we're going to get the details on that yeah but she has remained sober since then and she has really turned her life around she's made really smart decisions in terms of love you know like she got out of that relationship in the trailer you see her go i'm engaged holding up the ring filming the documentary and then it fades to like her slowly putting her finger down with no ring on it anymore so i hope we get the max t you guys i, I think we're gonna get it and it's I gonna be the max hot Well, after that, you know, dark segment, let's talk about something so happy that just made me smile from ear to ear. Uh, you know nothing about childcare, Jon Snow, but you will. Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie, his wife, after that gorgeous wedding they had in Ireland that I'm still thinking about to this day, welcomed a baby. There were paparazzi photos of them with a brand new baby strapped to their chest. And I don't know why I'm so obsessed with this couple, but I am very obsessed with this couple and so happy that they are a family. You know, we don't have too many details, like a name and anything going on about the baby. We just have some paparazzi photos. So more to come, but confirmed that there is a baby. All right, some strange love life news. Uh, one of our new favorite couples, I think I can speak for all of us, Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker, had a little bit of a hiccup. You know, they had some really cute Valentine's Day postings. She had sexy lingerie. Everything was going 
fine. But then Travis Barker's ex-wife, Shanna Moclair, reportedly liked a comment that shaded his new relationship with Courtney Cash, Courtney Kardashian. A fan of Shanna's commented on her Instagram post this week, writing, She, that broad don't got nothing on you. Travis downgraded big time. And she is spelled S-H-H-H-I-I-I. And then Shayna liked the comment saying that Travis Barker completely downgraded when he left her. Not cute. I mean, you got to say, it must be difficult for your ex, especially husband, father of your children, to start dating a Kardashian. That can't be easy for any woman. Um, That being said, as a Courtney and Scott stan, I really like Courtney and Travis. And I came to this realization after seeing that photo of them holding hands. And I love that they were friends first. That shows they have a foundation. He's age appropriate. And as I keep seeing these photos of Scott Disick and Amelia Gray Hamlin, I really appreciate this age appropriate relationship where their kids get along and the Kardashians approve of him. And like I said, they were friends first. I think that's I think this could work for a while until Scott gets it together. And I will say Scott is doing full, you know, midlife crisis moniker. He has platinum blonde hair. He is dating like a teenage model. I mean, it's really textbook. Gwen Flamberg, what are your thoughts on all of those six people and what's going on there in the Kardashian universe? It's a real interesting pairing, but I agree with Sarah. It's grown on me. Like at first I was kind of like, what? And now I, I I don't know. I sort of dig it. I mean, he's one of those guys, Travis, that I feel like I would totally fall for. Like he seems like he's a real bad boy. But then I just think that he's got a heart of gold. I'd want to throw my arms around that long, skinny, tattooed neck and never let go. So I'm I'm (laughs) into it. I feel bad for Shauna Mokler. I do. However... Their relationship's been over for a bit. Like, it's not like Courtney cheated, you know, it's not like they were together and Courtney was cheating with him right. or he was cheating on Shanna. So, you know, it's sad. I would never want anybody that I dated to ever date anybody who had a deep social media persona, much less be a Kardashian. So I get it. Oh, God. And if the Kardashians keep dating Travis's, I mean, it's getting very confusing for me reporting on all the Kardashian Travis boyfriends. Have you guys seen the amazing new movie Star and Barb with Kristen Wiig that is available? It's one of those like you got to pay $20 to rent, but it is hysterical and maybe the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Jamie Doran from Fifty Shades of Grey is in it. And he's like a musical, like dumb bimbo sort of actor. Fantastic. But the news that came out of this was Kristen Wiig finally revealed the name of her twins. In the credits, she said, a special thanks to Avi, Luna, and Shiloh. And Kristen Wiig is married to Avi Rothman. So we can assume that her twins' names are Luna and Shiloh. Lovely names. I love love that. I love them too. That's like why I brought it up. I think Luna and Shiloh sounds like such a cool name for twins. All right. Well, let's talk about Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles, hot new couple who, you know, make me think they're perfect and then question them. I go back and forth. Regardless, they have finished their movie. She released some praise for Harry Styles in the new movie, which sort of had some backlash saying that he was an amazing actor who stepped out of the spotlight and let the women in the film shine 
line and that she has trouble finding actors who are allowed who would allow themselves to have women take the front row you know, in the movie, and then people online were like, way to applaud him for doing like the basic mediocrity of just being a man and let women be in the star role. But after that little flub, they flew off to London, where, you know, Olivia's kids are, and Jason Sudeikis is shooting a movie. So they will be moving their love from Harry Styles' Los Angeles home to London for a source uh, told people for a while, quote unquote. But Jason is not just hanging out in London. He is reportedly dating a model, Keely Hazel, in the wake of the split with Wilde. Um, a source told the UK Sun it's going well. This is uh, They've had a friendship for a while. And then in the new movie that Jason is starring in and producing, actress Juno Temple is playing a model named Keely, who is the kind-hearted girlfriend of a soccer player managed by Jason Sudeikis's character. So he is dating her and he already sort of didn't give her a part in the movie, but named a character in the movie after her. I'm confused. Very confusing. Yes, it is confusing. Pretty much he has a new model girlfriend and he has written her name into the script and Harry and Olivia and Jason and Keely will all be in London together doing the drop-offs, co-parenting, who the hell knows. I hope Daisy and Otis are ready to get their, their London on because <laughs> I don't know. I have a few, these, those kids are really young. So I think that these, this, this Olivia Jason co-parenting transition is going to be interesting. And I look forward to his inevitable, like New York times or like LA times, some sort of profile on him that makes you see him in a different light. I feel like we got that with like Brad Pitt a few years after Angelina, like they really break it all down and he gets, you know, a little emotional about seeing his fiance out and about with this young, hot Harry Styles. Like I, I know we're not done with these two yet and I'll, I'll be interested to see if Olivia and Harry are still together whenever this movie comes out. I am too. Gwen Flamberg, do you have any thoughts on these four people and how co-parenting is going to go down in London? I think it's really interesting. I mean, I, I I am really into Harry Styles and Olivia. I really am. I think that, sure, he's young, but he's such an old soul. And they just seem, like, really connected. Now, Jason Sudeikis with this model, Kylie, I mean, we don't really know so much, like, what that is actually about. I doubt that that one's going to last. But I'm glad that he's got someone. Because, you know, it's like, when you go through a big breakup, you need some sort of rebound and if your wife leaves you for harry styles short of a kardashian it's got to <laughs> be like a hot model totally right. it's right up there with a harry styles or a courtney i don't know which would be more devastating to be the ex <laughs> to have the move on with harry styles or a kardashian i mean either way it's just like whoo get the I wine know. I, if Kendall wasn't taken, it would be a really great payback for Jason Sudeikis to date Kendall Jenner, Harry Styles' ex, and a Kardashian. Ugh. Wow. Get Devin Booker out of here. Let's get Jason Sudeikis and Kylie Jenner in the same room, or Kendall Jenner in the same room. Yes, please. That would be a fantastic tie-in to this story. Well, do you guys know what it's time for? I can't wait to hit someone. Celebrity birthday boxing mania. Yeah. 
All right, we have three rounds of Boxing Mania. Gwen is ready to throw some punches today. Well, Gwen, the first one is up to you. It is Kelsey Grammer, who is 66 this week, versus Titus Burgess. That's right, Mr. Pinot Noir, who is 42 this week. Titus Burgess just makes me laugh so hard. Kelsey Grammer used to make me laugh so hard. So I think Titus is just faster on his feet, and he's going to knock Kelsey right out. Sorry, Frazier. Ding, ding, ding. Sorry, Mr. Crane, if you're nasty. Sarah Huron, the next round is going to you. Jennifer Love Hewitt is 42 this week versus Charlotte Church, who is 35, 35 years old. Oh, well, I'm really sorry, Char, <laughs> my close personal friend, but I got to give it to my girl, Jennifer Love Hewitt, the ghost whisperer. I mean, queen. She is the queen. Third round to you, Gwen Flamberg. Miss Drew Barrymore is 46 this week versus Emily Blunt, who is 38 this week. Oh. It's a tough one. They're both you so know, amazing. It's a real, it's a real tough one because Emily Blunt, like I think she does her own stunts. Like she is really strong. She'd have some moves, flying kicks and stuff. Yeah. But Drew Barrymore is Drew. I mean, I I we gotta give it to Drew. Oh, thank God. I feel like Emily would be like. I could roundhouse kick you in the head, but I'm not going to because you're Drew Barrymore. And she would just like walk backwards out of the ring. Absolutely. And we're going to have Titus referee this battle between Jennifer Love Hewitt, 42, and Drew Barrymore, 46, Sarah Huron, who's wow. taking the title. Two two former Scream queens. Mm-hmm. I know what you did last summer, Scream. Um, I agree with Gwen. I mean, I love Jennifer Love Hewitt. And again, she is the ghost whisperer, the client list. But Drew Barrymore has seen some things. She has been through it. She's lived like a thousand lives, kind of like Demi Lovato. So Drew has no problem. She can handle anything. Ding, ding, ding. Congratulations, Drew Barrymore. We love you. 46 years old this week. Looking fantastic. Well, that is all we have today. Thanks, of course, to my hosts, Sarah and Gwen, for helping me spill the piping hot celebrity. This is Travis Cronin on the Hot Hollywood Podcast with your weekly peek into the glamour, glitter, fashion, fame of your favorite celebrities. After all, they're just like us. 